Hey guys, welcome back to Two Passing Time. I'm Rose. And I'm Maddie. And today, before we get to what we're going to do, I want to thank everyone for the support. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Just thank you for being behind us because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't be continuing making the audio. So we really appreciate your support and continue supporting us. We do have an Instagram account, Two Passing Time. We have a Facebook account, Two Passing Time. Um, YouTube channel, even though we haven't posted anything, go ahead and subscribe. We have. We posted. Yeah, we have. All our audios are there. Well, that's the first time I'm hearing about it, guys. <laughs> or maybe she told me and I forgot about it. She probably told me and I forgot about it, guys. So go there and if you want to listen to our audios again, you know, or if you're not able to to listen to us on Spotify or anything like that, you know, go on YouTube and you will find us there. Subscribe, share with your friends. We would really appreciate it. So today we're going to be doing a part two of our um that first story of the kids getting <laughs> of the kids getting drugged on Christmas. So they have a part I think they came out with the part 2 and a part 3. And so we're going to be reading the part 2 today and seeing where the t- I kind of forgot where we even ended at cuz it's been a while since we recorded it and to be honest i haven't listened to the recording i it's okay you are forgiven (laughs) i just found it weird listening to you know yourself it depends so do you want me to refresh your memory how did yeah read the last ending the the last uh paragraph for us and for the people, for you guys, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we've been prepping, researching, making plans. Maybe we're crazy. But something about watching the entire town just hang these people out to dry, knowing what's going to come, making makes us, us all sick. We're all graduating soon. We all plan on eat leaving. But we're not leave, letting this happen again this year without a fight. Some Someone has to do something. There has to be some revenge for people like Rosie, for Maggie. It's Christmas Eve. Everything's in place, and now we're just waiting. Everyone at home, my parents are making cookies. Ella's helping her family make a gingerbread house. We are doing something, just waiting for someone to go, just waiting for everyone to go to sleep. Wish us luck. Hmm. Yeah. Damn, it's going to be hard tonight. What's going to be hard? Reading. Why? You don't have... Like, my mouth's making extra saliva. And just making it yucky. Mm. Okay. You ready? Anything? Any last minute thing you want to... No. I don't think so. Guys... I know y'all were kind of like when y'all, I know y'all were like us when y'all first was re- when y'all first was listening because we were like, "Yo, what the heck are we listening to?" It was uh, it was so weird, guys. So, 
let us know i don't know if you can comment can you comment under audios you can't so i guess you're gonna have to contact us either on Facebook. yes they can comment on youtube on youtube yeah yeah so you can comment on youtube you can comment on you can text us on instagram facebook all of that let us know what you thought about the story part two every year on christmas eve my parents drug us i found out why I think they're sacrificing them, she said, once we had all got, gotten together on these ice-cold slumps behind the school for a smoke. That's why the cops don't come. That's why the newspapers don't run any stories. That's why no one effing talk about our town after they leave. If everyone that lives here all their lives knows you have to stay asleep, there's no one to take. So they need new people to come. They need new people for the spiders to take. So what do we do? That was the question, right? What do we do? Honestly, I I wish I would have posted it here earlier. Right around when we started to talk about doing something about this, we would have been helpful to save some of the suffering you guys are about to see. But I'm a slow writer, and by Christmas Eve, it felt like I was staring down the barrel of a gun. I didn't know if I will make it out alive, and I felt like someone had to know what was going on outside of our little town before we walked into hell. Mostly, it was just nice to get some outside support, to know that we're not crazy, that what's going on is as effed as we think it is. And, um, yeah, I think It's a Wonderful Life is a sugar honey iced tea smoothie. Sorry, I'm doubling down on that. When you spend your whole life using it as a maker for pills are next, it starts to lose its charm. Ella thinks I'm a sugar honey iced tea had two for saying it sucked if that's any consolation some of you guys are wondering about Chris, Chris Thanksgiving in October I live in Canada it's just a different holiday here I have cousins in De- Detroit and hype American Chris Thanksgiving like it's some crazy event I think I'm going to join them so what do we do we can't just let it happen to them I can tell you the moment Ella started talking about it we all groaned and shut down not the Christmas spiders again, moaned Greg. Frankly, none of us were really into talking about the Christmas spiders again. Not after Halloween. <laughs> Certainly not while stoned. Max just heavy a sigh and put the freshly rolled joint back in his little stash case. <laughs> he closed it, patted, and then stepped down. I zipped up my coat even tighter. Ella, meanwhile, was fuming. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I rolling a pretend world of cheer? This town sacrificing people on Christmas. I cringe, glancing, glancing over at Max, who quickly shook his head and dipped his chin. Ella was fired up. She got this way anytime she found a cause to roll about. Last year, it was overseas dog adoption. The year before, it was her rally cry against GMO farming. It, all, it went all the way back to the fourth grade in her science fair science. Science fair products on microplastics. To be fair, I don't think she ever actually been wrong in the past. All the topics was worth talking about. She just terrified into the terrified us in the process. In two weeks, we all go to sleep and have a nice Christmas while the Millers get dragged out of bed by four-legged freaks. And you're all just okay with that? Of course not. There were object- objections all around till we heard Greg mumbling. Ella towards over him while he focused on his gloves. Well, 
I said, it's all just devil worship anyways, he mumbled a little louder after clearing his throat. That's what my parents said. Oh, hell no. You told your parents? Now it was my turn to be worked up. If we hadn't all known him since kindergarten, I think we would have strung uh, him up on the power lines from his <laughs> shoes. Rule number one, you don't tell your parents. Rule number two, you don't tell Greg's weirdo religious freak parents. <laughs> They found my candy, okay? I was pissed. Apparently, shortly after Halloween, Greg's mother had been going through his room when a fun side candy wrapper triggered an all-out scrub of the premises. She found the bag of pamphlets still full, and worse than that, from the rest of his candy haul. In the massive argument that followed, Greg had thrown out the only weapon he had that they drugged him on Christmas Eve. They didn't talk for days. His parents prayed and he relished re- 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 in the silence until they came with Bibles in hand and set him down for a reckoning. The town was evil. We were all devil worshippers and they did what they had to do in order to keep the family safe. <laughs> Why don't they like <clears throat> just move then? Max asked at the rem- after Greg rumbled out his speech about straying from God. They don't have to live here. I asked them to. I asked them that too. They didn't really answer. We're not doing Christmas this year though. It's too pagan. Mm. Serves you right, Ella scoffed, t- taking her stump again. J Jack A S S. Whenever I'm not supposed to hang out with you guys anyways. Whatever. I'm not supposed to hang out with you guys anyway. Greg got up and stumped off. We were all upset. So much that after Greg left, so did the rest of us. The impromptu meeting on the Christmas spider died before it really got off the ground. The comment about devil worship, though, that stuck with me. I went home and went straight for my room, grabbing Rosie's notebook I hidden away. I hadn't looked through it, through it yet. I hadn't wanted to. Finding out the truth had been so exhausted that I was pretty game to just take my magic pill I pretend I had no idea why we did it and just go to sleep on Christmas Eve as usual. Then I could move away next year and never come back. Unfortunately, Ella had a point. There was something totally effed up about the way our town handled Christmas. Now that we knew and could practically see them serving this new family up on a plate, it felt gross. It wasn't just scary. It felt fundamentally morally wrong. Before Rosie gave me the notebook, she made a comment that spiders weren't anything holy. Thinking about what Greg's parents had said, I started to wonder. The town we live in is basically an old mining mining community. We have a whole Sugar Honey Ice T.Y. wannabe museum dedicated to the town's history. I've been there dozens of times on scooch field trips. Some random guy back in the day staked his claim in the woods and wouldn't you know wouldn't you know it found a mount, my, mine nearby, nearby with a nice rich deposit of coal there were coal seams out the but he got wealthy and bought the town decades later oil drills started coming into the area that's who drove half of the jobs here the oil company people definitely don't leave this place because there's no money in the area for the first time i started to think that it was maybe weird how financially well off this town is 
We don't even have homeless people. That's strange, right? I thought about my parents. My parents are florists. My dad repairs radio. When my sister was born, they both took like a year off work. I've spent enough time on Reddit to know that's not normal. I thought about my friend Max. He's into music. He's 17 and probably has like $10,000 worth of music equipment. He got turntables, amps, guitars, everything. But he lives with his retired grandpa- grandparents. Everyone in Ella's family plays sports, lots of sports. They travel for games and have the best of everything. All our school t- teams have the best of everything. Greg's parents, too. They have multiple cars and the fanciest yard in the city. It's no wonder they refuse to move. They could judge the town all they want, but they were living off of the sins just the same. I looked at my iPhone, my MacBook, the councils in the con- in the con- in the corner, my widescreen TV and a closet full of Nikes with shame, it dawned on me that this wasn't normal. I finally took a deep breath and cracked open the cover of Rosie's notebook. I did a quick flip through and started at the top. You could tell she taped and re- rebound the thing multiple times over the year. Photos, drawing, newspaper snippets, and pages from other books have been stamped, taped, and glued in whatever they can fit. Miss all that were her notes, scrawling loops of annotations in corner and what looked like the page of a diary. Her diary. The diary she kept while she tried to discover the town's horrible holiday secret. December 2nd, 1962. I came back. I said I'd never come back, but here I am. Dad's sick. The cancer is taking hold of him. And Mom said this might be his last Christmas. So I came back and said, Daddy's eyes just lift up when Mom told him I was coming home for Christmas. It felt so strange being back. I could, I almost forgot how wonderful this place feels when you're here. The snow, the happy faces, the way they decorate every street to the nines and put up. That big, beautiful spurts in the town square. I have never figured out where they get such a big tree from. Standing beneath beneath it, I felt like a little girl again. December 10th, 1962. Mom invited Stewart's wash over to bake cookies. Can you believe it? Can you believe her? That woman just does not know how to mind her own business. Suddenly, she gets lightheaded. And has to sit down, so I'm the one stuck rolling out the cookie dough with him. I'm embarrassed for her, although I hate to admit it, and I won't tell. I will not tell her. It was nice to see him again. It been years. He finally grew into his years. December twenty fourth, nineteen sixty two. I'm having trouble breathing. All I can see, all I can think of, is what's to come. We hung up the stocking as usual, and I put up George's. Mom always make us put George's stocking. Every time I touch that thing, all I can think of is that night, the way he screamed, I hate her. I hate her for making me do this. What if I wake up? Shouldn't I, I shouldn't have came back. December 12, 1965. I'm so nervous. I don't know why I let that man convince me to stay in this town. I have my chance to leave. Now I'm here with a newborn, and Christmas is coming. Mom gave me her recipe to put a baby to sleep. She said a physician suggested suggested it when I was at that age, and it never failed her. God, am I really going to do this? December 26, 1984, John's dead. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. I felt him. 
I fed all my children. I should have never stayed in this horrible place. I should have made Stuart move with me back to Toronto. Every time he visited with me, he loved it. But that man has a way of sweet-talking me. Spawned a romantic story about raising our kids where we grew up. Smart Tom values what BS. I, for the, I fell for the oldest trick in the book, and now my son is gone. My baby, my sweet baby, my baby's gone. I'll never forgive myself for this as long as I live. John 28, 1987. Well, I did it. Today, I put my big girl panties on, and I did it. No one wanted me here. And I didn't think anyone wanted me in the town since John died. I'm a troublemaker because I talked about him. Kicked out of the Guardian Society. Kicked out of the PTA. Well, they should have. They have to take me. I'm a tax-paying citizen. I'm owed my right to speak. So at today's town hall, I let everyone jaw on about their bake sale and their Canada Day plans. And then I stood up and let them have it. Why do we allow our family to die on Christmas Eve? Diary, you should have seen their faces sticking, the lots of them. I went down the line, listing names of everyone in that room who had someone stolen on Christmas Eve. Asked them, how? They're like, they're empty coffin. I even turned around and asked the mayor if he was willing to donate someone to the cause this year. After all, the town stands here and does nothing. The mayor's practically co-signing it. Oh, I was escorted out, but it was worth it. September 15, 1990. Allison moved out today. She started her new life. After we dropped off her off at the airport, we went straight for the hardware store. I went this done year ago, but Stuart wanted to wait until the kids were gone, so it didn't make them uncomfortable. Tonight, he blocks up the chimney. Those souls, vultures, will never step foot in this home again. December 25, 1990. It worked. All the neighbors gave us the hairy eye when they saw Stuart hauling cement to the roof, but he never stopped. If ever the town gossiped about us before, they did a double time the moment we shut the hell hole up. Probably triple when we buried the windows. Stuart's friend is a physician. We did it right. Tested it for a week. Figured, figured out just how much we needed to ingest to go to sleep quickly and not meet God. Sounds crazy, but you need a backup plan. Then on Christmas Eve, we drew the curtains in a week. Once the sun started, I just about turned into a teenager again. I shook so hard, the bed vibrated. Stuart had to hold me in, pet, in, in place. We heard them on the roof, crawling around like the verm. Verm, they were, they are. Then they tried the chimney. Oh, they scratched around like cats in the desert, in the dirt. Then they just moved on left later we heard the distant screams on someone not asleep i do not know i do not know if we we'll stay up every year i don't think i can handle hearing the poor soul as they take them but i feel a sense of peace knowing they won't come in my home ever again january 18 1991 we're parent is a p a R I A H S. Why are you telling me? <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Okay. Hold on. P A R I I A H S H. 
Ferris Perry. Is it? I think it's silent. It's gonna be pronounced as like it's Perry. It's an outcast. That's what Google says it is. <laughs> Hold on, let's see how we. How is it pronounced? How is it pronounced? First of all. Prior. Prior. Mm-hmm. Well, mostly me. Stewart still has his friends. No one wants to talk to me. They blame me for influencing him. Stewart stands up for me. No one will say anything in front of him, but I hear it. Whispers, gossip. We're selfish. Hurting the town. The town already took too much from me. They can suffer. I won't play this game no more. There were, dozen, <laughs> there were dozens mm. more entries. I t- wrote out the ones that seemed to be most interesting. Rosie's husband died just a couple years later. With him gone, the only way to get any work done in her home was to hire somebody at, outside of town. No one said hello. No one visited. There were no casserole when he, she was sick. No one to mow her lawn. Reading Rosie's diary, I learned just how cruel our town could be. We were probably the first people to go visit her in years. I brought the notebook with me the next day when I dragged Ella out to the town square. I wanted to see the tree. The town still put up a gigantic tree every Christmas. I stopped going, but my parents still drag my sister there every year. Honestly, everyone sort of dragged themselves there every year. The lining of this tree was a big event that kicked off the whole Christmas season. Peeker? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> People are jerks, Ella said, reading while we walk. It looks like people left letters in her mail slot for years. That's how she got all of this. No one would talk to her, but she was the only one they could tell. I elbowed her, and we were both came to a halt, looking up at the heavily decorated Christmas tree, just a few feet in front of us. How the hell did they manage to decorate that much tree? It must have thousands of ornaments on it. It's beautiful, she whispered, in awe for a moment before her face fell. Christmas isn't the same, is it? I shook my head. No, it wasn't. It would never be the same. I spot a co-worker adjusting the garland on a light post nearby. Hey, the tree looks awesome. The man beamed with pride. I could feel the bell raised in his throat. Where do you guys get such a huge tree? It's massive. Rally Tree Farm, he announced with a grin. Best trees in the countries. It didn't take long to Google Maps. The up the location rallies tree farm. Ellen and I went to get Max. Greg wasn't talking to us and borrowed his truck for the forty minute drive out of town. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I almost lost my life. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Give me a second, my heart's still racing. <laughs> I cannot. Oof. Mm-hmm. The tree farm itself didn't seem like a regular farm so much as a big butt forest surrounded by fence. A fading billboard with a chipmunk dressed as Santa announced our arrival. I guess that was Rowley. Wait, stop, Ella said as we got out. The dog around her the dog around in her bag before pulling out a wrapped bundle of sage in the light in the lighter. My grandma gave this to me. I'm supposed to use it when I felt like the en- the energy is off the energy is definitely off here she lit the bundle until it smoked then started to whir around herself before m- motioning me over a pause not really big on superstitions isn't 
that bad for our lungs, I asked. Ella looked at me like I was not. It probably wasn't a great argument all considering. Max shoved me aside and held his arms out. <laughs> F, man. Ella's nun is like 100% Native American. I'm like trusting that old lady. Load me up. <laughs> Max looked there, re- releasing in his own spiritual experience until Ella point, pointed a lighter at me. Fine, I muttered, stepping forward and letting her blow the smoke on me. I don't even know why I balked. We were at a tree farm on the trail for the truth about people Stealing Christmas spiders. I probably needed to bathe in that stuff more. That stuff morning, n- noon, and night. After getting right, we walked around outside of the fence, searching for a way in. The giant chipmunk hadn't indicated any business hour, so it didn't seem like I was the type type of place people just went to buy a tree. I figured they must have wholesaled to those tree sellers you see in the parking lot. There was the spirit Halloween of Christmas, that and Hickory Farms. Eventually, we found a gate. It was locked with a big chain looped around it. I pulled on the lock. Oh, that's secure, Max Scoff, Yankee on the, on the chain. The chain was so big that if you tug under the gate far enough, you could just slide under, the, under and through. We all made our way through and started to trug through the many rows of tree. We truggled threw a couple of snowballs, laughed and joked, then trugged out some more. So we kept hugging, hiking through trees and more trees and even more trees. Where are the big trees? Ella finally asked, saying what we all thinking. We've been walking through dozens of average-looking trees for the last 20 minutes, then with no giants in sight, not even a leftover stump. The tree farm was huge. If they grew giant tree like the one in our town square, I couldn't see where. All you could see were what looked like hundreds of normal trees packed with snow there wasn't any worker no sign of an office f max broke our science and chased it with what i could describe as a shriek then he was gone ella and i panicked (laughs) (laughs) one minute we were all turning and looking at the world of evergreen around and the next max poofed hayden matt ella we could hear him Ella chased our footprint in the snow and started following his, stepping wide around each dragging footstep he had left behind. Max, she called, and I followed her. Max, I'm good. Suddenly, we all saw his hand waving above the snow line. We got to the edge of a cliff. Well, kind of. Max had fallen off the edge of some sort of sharp hill, which luckily wasn't a drop to his death, just an awkward drop out of his view. Ella crushed down, and I peered over the edge, he fallen into a fluffy snow pile and was laughing awkwardly, red in the face. My grandma always said I need to look where I'm going more. I couldn't help but have a huge sigh of relief. Then Ella smacked me in the chest. Ow! Jesus, why? Oh! She put her mitt off and was pointing. I followed her finger down to a, a huge clearing below. In the middle of it stood a giant spurse tree. It had to be 80 feet tall. Do they even grow that big? I wonder. Hey, Ella was over the edge. Max fell off and jumping down the next. I got down beside Max and helped him up before relaxing, starting to follow Ella down the steep hill. Eventually, we managed to scoop down the last part on our butts. It was a cold, long climb. 
and I wasn't looking forward to going back up. Okay. So I got down beside Max and helped him up before reluctantly starting to follow a little down the steep hill. Eventually, we managed to scoot down the last part on our butts, but it, but it was a cold and long climb, and I wasn't looking forward to, go, to going back up. Like, how do they get these trees out of here, Max asked, but Max asked before nearly walking straight into a massive construction crane. Ella just groaned, and I shook my head. Beside the beside the to towering spruce was a wide stump left be left behind from what we assumed was the tree in our town square. I walked around it, counting my steps absently and watching Ella put her hand on it. It's warm. It's pulsing. Hmm. It's pulsing. Like a human body. Continue. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Hmm. I joined her, putting both my palms on the left over wood, feeling the strange warmth emanating from it. She was right. It is pulse. It was pulsing. I could feel the odd th thwomp. Thwomp. Mm. That felt like it came from some. That felt like it came from somewhere deeper. You couldn't see it. You couldn't see it move, but you could feel it, almost like a heartbeat. That's one. That okay. This one is warm. This one is warm too. Max was standing under the other tree touching the bark. Maybe that's like why there's no snow. There's no snow here. We'll look around. A perfect circle had formed around had formed around the tree and the stump going out maybe 20 feet. Despite the rest of the tree despite the rest of the tree farm being packed with the thick white stuff, the ground around the giant tree and its lost brother was damp and bare even green in places. Only the very top of the tree itself seemed to have snow piled on its branches. Whoops, Max Max had been Whoops, Max had been walking around the tree when he kicked something accidentally. Ella and I went over and checked it out. tucked beneath the tree on the, on one side was a pile of oranges. I crunched down and picked up one and picked one up. There were oranges, nuts, a couple of pomegranates, and candy. Uh, guys, it's weird, right? Max held up an empty four-liter jug of milk. We all start. We all stared at it. We just left an empty jug of milk in a tr in a tree farm of all places. Oh, who just left an empty jug of milk in a tree farm of all places? I think we should leave, Ella said suddenly. She'd found the lid to the milk jug a few steps away, and beside it was one of the one of these bear squeeze bear shaped squeeze bottles of honey. It was empty. It, it looks like the lid of the milk. The it it was empty and like the oh jeez, what a what am I on? <laughs> it was empty and like the lid of the milk. The opening was in shreds. I don't want to be here after dark, and we need to clean up. I'd never heard her sound so panicked before. I was so confused, but I wasn't about to argue. <laughs> <laughs> and both Mark and I helped her put the fruit and nuts back. We made the pile as neat as we could we could before we started back up the hill. The climb absolutely sucked. Getting down had been easy. Getting back up was a nightmare. <laughs> Sounds familiar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. The snow was knee-deep in some places, and we never knew where the ground really was. 
It took the th it took the three of us dragging each other across the snow for a f a full hour to climb back up to the main tree mm. farm. By time we by time we crossed that final ledge, I felt my own sense of panic growing. I turned around and see nothing behind us, but that didn't stop it from feeling like something was just waiting for one of us to fall. Mm. I don't think I don't think we even stopped to catch our breath until we got in the truck and were driving away. Back in town, we stopped at Joe's place, a little dinner with a little diner with a clear view of the tree in town square. We ordered burgers and milkshakes. When Mike's got when Max got up to go to the bathroom, Ella pulled out Rose's notebook. She flipped through until she found an empty page at the back when then pulled out a pen and started sketching. I watched her draw the billboard, the clear the clearing and the spot where one tree stood and one tree was missing. She drew the the little pile of stuff, the little pile of stuff Max had kicked over while making a diagram, making a diagram of of every item. Then she drew something else on the on the tree still standing. Was that I actually learned to really eat my food? You you didn't see? She asked. I shook my head while she frowned. That tree was filled with spider webs. I didn't sleep that night. Every time <laughs> <laughs> every time I felt like I was going to drift off, I'd feel my skin crawl like a hundred little legs were brushing against me. Mm. It was all in my head, of course, and at some point I must be I must have slept because I woke up with 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 a jolt the day, the next day. The idea that Greg told his parents about the whole drugged on Christmas Eve thing had freaked us all out. The only good thing was that no one really likes Greg's parents. Mm. Dang. I mean, they're not bad people. They're just really, really religious. The fire, the brimstone kind, and it's only, and it only, it always seeps into every conversation. So while, <coughs> while we were worried that they might start showing our parents, they never seemed to. After the tree farm, we waited until his parents were definitely at work to go knock on his door. If we if we're going to take this on, we needed all of us together. Thankfully, we'd been friends since elementary school. We knew Greg. Anytime he gets upset, he needed a couple of days to stew, and then he was cool. So when we when we filled him up, when we filled him in on the tree farm, he was eager to join us in in the town square. We wanted a closer look at the tree. So my parents were right, he asked, sounding shocked as we were. Kind of, I admitted with a shrug. I think, I think so. Anyways, I mean, can you explain how Mrs. Alps ha has run a store called the Bottom Empor Emporium for twenty years in in this place? I couldn't. No one, no one bought that many buttons in this town. I think I saw my mother go in there in there once. I'd have. I'd have guessed that she was selling buttons online, but Mrs. Abs didn't even seem to own a computer. Okay, but have you ever seen anyone doing anything shady like that? It feels like we should be seeing people in robes, around a bonfire at midnight, that kind of stuff. Real cults, sugar honey iced tea. What kind? What kind of? Oh, we kind of do though. Ella suggested as we came to the tree. What happens? At the start of every December, everyone comes to worship the tree, I said, almost in a whisper. I thought about every Christmas I'd, I'd, I'd been alive for. At the start of December, the town decorated the tree and everyone got together 
for the big light up. Hundreds of people gathered to clap for it. People sang corals, passed around snacks. No parents introduced their babies to the tree like the, the effing Lion King. I don't see, I don't see anything. Ella, Ella announced, sounding disappointed as she made her way around the tree. Max had been checking too, and shook his head. None of us found any spider webs. It was, it was disappointing in a way. Uh, guys, Greg called, waving an arm. Uh, at, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, guys, Greg called, waving an arm at us. Guys, he was tapping. He was tapping the notebook, looking like he'd seen a ghost. Okay, you guys remember when I had my when I had my goth phase? Oh, we all remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you like really Aussie? You look like oh, you look like carried a plastic bat. Wait, what? <sighs> Weren't you like really into Aussie? You like carried a, ba- a plastic bat around. Middle school was a little weird for all of us, I guess. <laughs> Greg rolled his eyes and shoved Max away. Yeah, yeah, well, I was really into witchcraft and and, mm. <laughs> and SHIT then. Hmm. I wanted to piss my parents off. I got all these books on the occult, right? I actually read them, all of them. Most of it was really long and boring. Speed it up, man, Ella <laughs> said, spinning her finger in the air to... To which Greg shot her a little a dirty look. This is this this stuff beneath the tree. This is one hundred percent an offering. We all exchanged looks. An offering to fairies. He hissed his eyes as wide as sorcerers. I couldn't I couldn't help but burst out laughing. Fairies now? Oh God! I was going to graduate school and get shipped straight to the loony bin. I might as well buy the jacket now. Just be clear, just be clear, like Tinkerbell BS, I asked. Oh, no, okay, just be clear, like Tinkerbell BS, I asked. Between chuckles, my little sister had dressed up as one for Halloween a couple of years ago. It was cute. I couldn't imagine how it it had anything to do with the spider, spiders, though. No, man, I mean real fairies. Every country has their own stories, right? They call them the fae. And they can, and they can be really effed up. The pile of stuff, the milk and the honey, that's classic. That's like most basic sugar honey iced tea you give. By now, people were starting were staring at Greg's arm, waving. So we hustled away. Okay, so why would Rowley's be making offerings to fairies? I asked to grow big trees. <laughs> nah, man, that would be a waste. Nature spirits and and sugar honey ice too would take care of the trees. He's not he's not wrong. Ella mumbled, already on her phone. Milk and honey is old school. It's the first thing they suggest if you want to appease them or make a deal. Wasn't one of our podcasts about making offering to the ghost? I I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember talking about if they visit you again, put out milk. Oh yeah, and then it. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. We all stopped. A deal? I asked. What kind of deal? The kind that like runs a bottom ship. Max pointed at at the store we'd end up in front of. Even though it was cold out, I felt 
beads of sweat dripping down my back. The bottom, <coughs> the bottom emporium, my, my mother's flower shop. Ella's mom was a real estate agent in town that frankly didn't have a lot of buying and selling going on. Most of the houses that were empty were rentals owned by the town itself. The more I looked around and thought about it, the more fun house vibes it gave off. You've, you leave the offerings wherever the fae are said, wherever the fae are said to leave, to to live, like gardens or fairy castles, or not castles, fairy circles. She read aloud and she read aloud and then balanced, and then blanched. I thought about the circle. I thought about the circle of melted snow surrounding the spot where those two giant trees grew. That definitely had to be a fairy circle. Plus, the trees were just weird, warm and humming, the trees. I spun around the, I spun around and started jogging back to town square. In that moment, it was like the whole world faded around me. I could hear my friends calling me, but it was wrapped. But it was, yeah, it was war, warped. Like the sound came from underwater. All I could think of, all I could see was that was that touring Christmas tree. It glittered under the weight of hundreds of ornaments, garlands, and tinsels. I pushed past people as I made my way right to the tree, digging in my pocket for one thing I knew could solve all this. Fire. In one smooth moment, I flicked open my lighter and held it to the tree, glistening glistening branches. I could hear screaming behind me, people shrieking for help. I held fast, plunging the flame into into the tree. I held out as long as I could before a security guard slammed me into the ground. It was embarrassing being picked up by my dad at the police station later that day. Even worse was listening to my dad and Ellis, chief of police father, having a heart-to-heart. Then I had to watch him shake his head so shake shake his head sadly at me as he unlocked the holding cell the The drive home was pure suffering lectures about what it means to be a man about how community is important, please, and how i I needed to set a good example for my sister. We got home and I heard everything again from my from my mother. Then I was sent to bed. I shut my door and put my headphones on. I didn't want to listen to them debate about what to do with me. I felt sick enough as it is, as it was, and I could all I could think about was that tree. It didn't even it didn't even get hot. It was like the flame just bent around it. So he tried to burn that tree. Yeah. Damn. Mhm. Wow. Is that the end of part two? Mhm. Okay, so before we end today's podcast, what do you think it means to be a man? Bro, (laughs) what do you think it meant? I feel like we hear that all the time with uh, Africans. Hold on, I'm trying to read the comments because this story got me over here. Somebody said, somebody was like, fake can be shape shifters. They could be the spiders. Not sure why t- townies leave offerings, but 
What they left is what you leave the Fae. Maybe it keeps them away from certain families. Mm. Be careful. Fae don't play play by rules. Please update quick. I'm hooked too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wish you guys a good day. We are calling it quits. Stay tuned for part three. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Every year on Christmas <coughs> Eve, my parents dragged us. I found out why. Part three. Yay. <laughs> I don't know if this is the last um, part or not, or if there's an update coming. But you guys, you know we're going to keep you guys updated. We're going to keep you guys on um, hook. Maybe. Wait, didn't Christmas already end? Yeah. Maybe we can read it next Christmas. Maybe they might bring it. Yeah. Or they keep us updated yeah. as the year goes. Yes. Because, like, I wouldn't want it to happen again once I, I once I found out about it. So it's like, maybe they found out about it this year, last year, mm-hmm. last Christmas. Do you think the story is real? Do I think it's real? Yeah, do you think it's I real? I feel like it could be real. America, just any, nah. <laughs> It'd be awesome stuff. I think it could be real. You think it could be real? Yes. But this is in Canada, though. Even then, y'all have more demons than we do in Africa, so. Yo. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. You think the demons here are more. They're th- they're much more. I, I, I had this conversation with this lady. Mm-hmm. And this just like, she's a much older lady. You know, she mm-hmm. was just telling me, she was like, yo, if you look, America got so much more, like, demon, and like, they, demon Cause like here, like you try to hide it under other things. They don't try to hide. They it. They try to hide it. It's some of titled. the things. Some other things, like they try to hide it under other things. Where for us, it's like if it's something that don't seem right, mm-hmm. we gonna you know we gonna rebuke. Yeah. So in Jesus' name. So I feel like it could be real. You feel like it could be real. I feel. I honestly feel like it could be real. There's no way this is a book. I mean, it could be a book, but I also feel like, uh-uh. You think it's happening, but they're discussing. If it's a book, it's, it's happening. happening but, but then they're like, oh, let's make a book out of it, you mm-hmm. know, make people think it isn't real. Because mm-hmm. then, like, what if they get figured out? So if it is real, what if they get it figured out, and they're like, oh, they have a read a story. Let's, my, let's change it up and make it seem like it's not real. So people won't, you know, run away and stuff. So they can't, they might have to do that family member. They got to sacrifice somebody. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> My parents wouldn't take their eyes off of me for days. And the closer it got to Christmas, the more freaked out I got. I didn't even have Rosie's notebook. Greg had been reading it when I went to burn down the tree. I had no phone. My dad blocked all social medias on our routers. All I could do was hang out with my sister and be be effective. 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 Festive? Is it festive? (laughs) Is it festive? Yeah, it's right. I was like, what the (laughs) word? Like, I'm slurring my words when these retainers and irritating myself. Why don't you take them off? (laughs) At least that's what they thought. I did have my computer. I was supposed to do some school project during winter break, but I spent the time doing more research. I used a VPN to email anything I found to my friends. I started to dig the newspaper again. Rosie had said that the town hated her for closing up their fireplace. And there was an 
ordinance that had put in place against it, she was right. The newspapers published minutes from the town meeting. Several families had closed up their fireplace after the Welsh had. It was a big deal at that time. Even worse, in 1992, the town had an economic, economic collapse. The mill shut down, and several families lost their fam- lost their jobs. In 1993, the mayor decreed that a f- working fireplace was required for all new houses, and that any changes to existing fireplace and their chimneys was a violation of the town's heritage status. The town even offered free renovation for anyone willing to open their chimneys again. More indigenous, indigenous, indigenous than that. I think it's time to take up my retainer. More indigenous than that was when the town started a campaign to have new families move to the area. The mayor had hired some big city design firm to handle it. If we were right, someone had made a deal ages ago for the success of the town. The rules were pretty simple, and the consequences severe. When I looked up, arbitrary, abenerated. Uh-huh, take him out. When I looked up obituaries from Christmas 1991, there weren't any. So the fee, or whatever they are, never got their sacrifice that year. That meal never reopened, ever. To this day, the building is abandoned. Kids don't even go out there to drink. It's no wonder the mayor went all out to try and fix it. When I finally got my phone back, we are just a couple of days away from Christmas Eve. Ella convinced my parents to let me go over to her house using her father's status as a police officer as part of her good influence strategy. It worked. My dad dropped me off at at her house, and after an awkward hello with her parents, Ella dragged me down to the basement. So what's the plan, I asked, once the door shut behind us. I was itching to finalize our, our tax strategy. Last supper. I looked around. Greg and Max was already there. Waving from the couch in front of them were a stack of pizzas and a PS4 hooked up to the TV. Ella saw the look on my face and elbowed me, nudging me down the stairs. I sat down, looking around and wondering why it felt so casual. Drink up, she announced, plunking down a kiss of pop on the table. Um, Ella, can't we just pour it out? Greg asked, stirring the bottle after a bottle of Coke. It was all glass bottles and there was a lot. I said, drink, she ordered, grabbing one and opening it. We all quickly followed her lead. After I got a slice of pizza in hand, Greg opened a notebook and spread out a map of the city. He pointed at the town square. A tiny drawing of a tree had been added in green marker. That tree. That's their totem or something. We think it's connected to the other tree in the circle. It's like a gateway that lets the spider come through. Ella sat there chugging an entire bottle of Coke before wiping her mouth and grabbing a bucket of rag and tossing it in the middle of the table. That tree didn't burn, right? It probably protected us some kind of magic. So we took out the spiders instead. They're like the worker bees. They have to have they have to be weak after the outside of the nest. We learned them in here. She tapped the map with some scissors before adding before starting to cut the rags in strips. The Smith's house, I asked, realizing where they marked the next spot. It's empty. No one's rented it yet. I can get a keys off the realtor lockbox. Max is going to set up his sound alarm, a sound system inside. Those things go after anyone awake, right? In nature, spiders use vibration to hunt. That got to be how those things know who's awake. So we lured them in. 
We gassed the house. We lit it on fire. Boom, dead spiders. I sat back and ate, thinking about the possibility of it all working. I was thinking about what would what would happen to our little town. The last time no one was taken, the mill shut down. It destroyed lives. I'm not stupid. I listen when my dad watches the news. The world economics kind of sucks right now. A lot of people killed to be in our situation. We're basically dooming everyone in our town if we did this. If we do this, our lives are never going to be the same. Our parents will probably be probably lose all their jobs. I know Ella said after a moment of silence. She sat back and looked around at the trophies that dotted the walls. I'm probably going to lose my scholarship. She already been pre-accepted to university on a sports scholarship that, frankly, she had never even applied to. My dad's radio repair shop wouldn't survive. Max was already planning to blow up thousands of dollars in speakers. Max shrugged, opened another bottle of a pop. But, like, it's not like it's ours, right? It's fake. It's ours being fake, Greg nodded in his agreement. Looking equally solemn, we all felt the weight of what we were about to do. We tried to talk to the Millers. It didn't work. They called the cops on us. Something about hazing. But when we were there, we saw their kids. They're all, like, under six. What if one of those kids is taken? Or the parents? And then whatever left has to look after three kids? Is my, is my scholarship worth someone's life? Ella shook her head. I thought about it. It's just all just bribes everything we had is bribes so we look away i don't want to look away anymore whoever we're feeding needs to be go hungry i grabbed another bottle of pops and picked up a rag and some scissors ella was right rosie was right i have been right we had to do this by the way what's all this for i asked wondering why we're cutting up scabs and guggling coke motovs molotov Greg answered with a grin. Christmas Eve came, and that's when I posted the first part of our story. I hit submit, then packed my backpack full of everything I need for the night. Then I sat down to wait. It was probably the worst I ever felt on Christmas Eve. Every step in the same weird ritual my family does every year put me closer to the big event, and I had to pretend to enjoy it. My parents was already edgy. So were my friend's parents after the harassment episode with the Miller. We all had to play it cool. So I choked down dinner, put on this year's Christmas candy cane reindeer, if you're wondering, and sat down to everyone's favorite movie. Then at quarter past eight, we all took our magic pills. And just like last year, I saved mine to split in the toilet. I went to bed, my jeans riding up under the PJs. When I finally heard snoring, I checked my parents' and sister's room before taking off my PJs and grabbing my bag. Then I booked it only pausing just for a moment to stick a couple of those fire pokers and straight up the chimneys. The first thing I did was steal the key from the realtor's box on the Smith's house. We already popped off all of Mac's equipment and set it up. We set up the speakers, locked in jugs of gasoline, and set up whatever traps we could. Half the house was a death trap at Christmas Eve. One wrong step and you were liable to have a bucket of knives down dropped down on you there were even ball bearings set to explode from corners we really didn't want to take any chances when it came to killing the spiders max got there first getting to work on finishing any wiring and starting the process of stringing the extensions across the street to my house greg and l follow after 
there by the fire, lugging a cooler app filled with more tots just ready to light. Ella had her baseball bat, and Greg, what Greg? What's that, I asked, staring at the thing he had strapped to his back. My dad nails gun. Greg beamed, whipping it around so I could take a better look at it. Fairies don't like iron, right? I got the cheapest nail I could find. I made sure they got it all rusty, too. It sounded like a good idea, at least. Next, we tested the sound system, Max operating things from across the street in my living room. Somehow, I picked the short straw and had to stand in the house, walking in hand. Okay, get ready. Okay, I effing hit the deck. It sounded like a gunshot right next to me. I swore the whole house ratted off its frame when music came. Nope, sounds cranky, this walkie groggled out. Cranky? I crawled to my feet and watched as Max scrambled across the snow to tweak a little something the speaker. What the hell was that? My super mix. I worked on this for days after Max was happy. We drenched the house in gasoline. Scarves all over our mouths as we scant, drenched, filled the air, and made us all lightheaded. Then we waited. Went back to my house, checked the time, sat around there waiting. Ella laughed at the people calling me out for hating a wonderful life. We all agreed we wished the military would get involved. Then we just sort of settled down in the grim silence, listening. It took another hour before the first sign of life appeared. Ella noticed it, pointing out the window and peering down the street. The first of the creatures were making their way to the rooftop on our street. I lived just a few blocks away from the town square, so we figured they would hit my block early. The millers live way further out. If we could lure them in all in before they got they even got there, then no one would have to die at the millers. We held out for a few painful minutes, watching the spider fell across the roof. This went in groups of three, just like Rosie said. It was terrifying. Not thought I'd seen them before was the expression reflected on the faces of my friend that just added to my fear. I think they were all still hoping that I was crazy. I was too. Deep inside of me, I hoped that we all just sort of made this up. Max, Greg whispered while we all sat there and slack-jawed all. Max, now, he hissed, and Max suddenly came to life. Stuttering, stuttering a little as he moved to his controls. A couple died, turned, and a finger on the start button, and the Smith's house came to life. It was crazy. The whole town was dead silent except for us. I was amazed that the windows didn't crack. It was so loud. I sat there holding my breath as the bass vibrated a whole block. For a moment, the spider didn't seem to notice anything. They dropped in trainings like usual. Then suddenly, it was like the reef vibrations hit like one mass migration they all started to move have you ever seen those horrible videos of someone poking a daddy long leg nest it was like that only red it's working they were all hopping down the chimney almost fighting each other to be first creatures are the creatures purred in the house ella you're up max said passing her a bottle and a lighter greatest picture in the providence right she nodded, lighting up the homemade movetal and then sneaking up the front door. But now the house had to be bursting. We couldn't see any spiders outside of it. She threw the bottle with all she had and smashed through the front window, the front room window. We soaked the place with so much gasoline and kindling that the place 
went up like a match. We stood outside my house, listening to Max's music mix at concert volume and watching Spider trying to escape the trap. We could hear expl- explosion going off from the inside of the house. For a moment, we stood there and cheered. It felt like we'd be whatever effed up enemy we were battling. The spider that crawled out of the place collapsed and freezed beneath the frames. The tree might not have been flammable, but they sure were. Just as we started to debate on how we were going to explain the mess, Ella smacked me hard in the chest again. Look, she yelped. There were more spiders coming, fresh spiders, new spiders pouring out of the town square coming straight for us. Run! We dove into Max's truck, and he peeled away on the frosty road, driving blindly in the opposite direction. Where do we go, he shout. Rose's house, I yelled. I yelled back, staring at the f- black window at the red wave, calling after us. Faster they were, way faster than you expected four-legged spider to be. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> Greg chanted, headed in his head, hands, head in his head, hands. We drove as fast as we could. Grateful that the rest of the town seemed to be asleep. You better stop praying. <laughs> what if she's not up? Ella cried. She's awake. She had to be. There was no doubt in my mind that Rosie was awake. We just about took her fence off when we climbed, pulled up in our front of our house. Max ran up to the door and begging on it, frankly, while Ella and the and Greg and I tried to drag our things out of his truck. Get the cooler, she hit, shrieked. And we all started screaming and hollering for Rosie to, last, to <laughs> let us in. It was like time stood still for a second. An ocean of furious creatures were closing in on us from one side. And the one safe place we knew was closed, just inches from our face. Rosie, Jesus, someone look for a <laughs> fake rock. <laughs> Max was whipping apart her garden when the door finally opened. One Rosalie Wash looked at us like we were dancing head. What in God's name are you kids doing here? She cried, then stopped, picked, picked past us, and started hauling us inside. <laughs> she slammed the door behind us, locking every lock and chain she had on it, then bracing, bracing it. We got inside just in time. It was like a storm hit at her house. The sound of dozen of spiders landing on it at once sounded like an avalanche of hell. Idiots, you idiots, what did you do? She cried. Oh, we stood there listening to what sounded like a thousand angry reindeers on the roof. We thought we killed the spiders. <laughs> Rosie whipped her robe tighter around her body, staring at the ceiling. Then she looked slowly at each of us. Max let an awkward laugh, and Greg just ran for the bathroom. <laughs> the woman closed her eyes, shaking her head, as the sound of scratching started in the chinning. Damn, stupid effing kids, she murdered. Are we going to die? Asked Max. Only if you talk too much. But going to a cabinet in the living room. I don't know if this house can withstand all of them. She opened the cabinet, revealing an armory of guns. You kids know how to shoot. Take a weapon, and you better start praying. (laughs) I've never seen this before. Should should have known though when you came bothering me. I cannot. Now, as we good a time as any to take a stand, she. She passed the gun. She passed out the gun, then went to her bathroom for her. She went to her bedroom for a shotgun. Just stood tight, and the sound of smashing glass silenced all of us. Greg screams, followed, and we all ran. We all ran out from the living room. We found Rosie standing in the hallway, staring at the remains of a small boarded window in the bathroom. Glass shattered, and splat- splash of blood on the floor. The bar fell off a few years ago, she whispered. Sonny hunted, couldn't get someone out to fix it. 
We were all in shock, and so was she. But it sounded like Greg screaming, snap us out of it. Not again, she shouted suddenly. It moved faster than I honestly expected a woman in her 80s could. Before we would even help her, she prayed down the steps to an attic and was making her way up. Get the bucket, she ordered. And ordered, looked around, spotted a heavy homemade Home Depot bucket in the hall and grabbed it. She carried it after Rosie while Max and I carried a cooler of Movatox. We reached the roof just as Rosie had fired off her first shot, clifting a spider in the leg. Greg was already a house away, being dragged by a group of them across the snow and Christmas light. That's right, you nasty little piece of sugar, honey, iced tea, Rosie cried, ripping the top off the bucket. It was full of bullets. You're not taking any more of my, on my watch. Come and get it. Ella shoved the gun she taken in my hands and opened the cooler. Max, start lighting, she shouted, and then took the first Movatol and tossed it as hard as she could. It hit one of the spiders carrying Greg square in the body. The squeak it let out burned my ears, but it dropped him. The other struggled to balance his weight, and Greg rolled off the roof into the bushes below. Suddenly, it was all at war. I can't really say how long we were on the roof. It felt like hours, maybe days. But with how late it was, I think it wasn't that long at all. Usually, I wasn't so much as a bug, squashers, squashers. But that night, it was all I could do to keep firing off shots. It felt like they were never ending. Luckily, they were incredibly fragile. Ella rained down literal fire behind Greg as he made his way to safety. And the rest of us kept the spiders at bay on the roof. There were close calls. We all have tried scars that I, I didn't think would ever go away, but we made it. The battle ended just as fast as it seemed to start. One minute, we're watching those strange four-legged nightmares crawling up into bowls and falling to the ground. And the next, they all seemed to cram crumble away. We were all stunned. The onslaught had just kept coming, wave after wave. And now, they were dust in the wind. What time is it, Rosie asked. And I fumbled for my phone, 12.01, I answered. Then really thought about that. It was after midnight, technically. It was Christmas morning now. Are they gone? We all hesitated, looking around at our quiet town before putting down our weapon. Rosie just took, shook her head, suddenly looking drained, and stepped down into the attic. For a moment, I felt a burst of exhaustion, bulk, exhausted ex excitement burst up inside of me. I could tell my friends felt it too. Max let out a small soft whoof and pumped his fist while Ella punched me in the arm. We grabbed the last of our supplies and made our way down through Rosie's house, talking the whole way. It was that nervous, excited chatter you did when something big just happened. We were all tired. It was late. We had so much to clean up, but we had defeated a spider. And from the way they came at us, I doubt they had managed to divert any resources to steal some to stealing someone. It felt like we had it actually managed to protect the town. Downstairs, Ella was putting the bucket back when she found it and helping Max to put the guns away, all while telling Rose about how bad she was. We were dribbling at the woman all at once, at least until Ella made a noise I didn't like. I looked over at her, crunched beside Rosie's recliner. I think she's dead, she whispered. Fingers to her neck. We all rushed over to her neck. We fought for a pause, put Elle's compact be between her nose and tried P CPR, but she was gone. Maybe she had a heart attack, Max suggested as we all wiped away tears. What do we do? I grabbed the F again. 
off the back of her chair, wrapped it around her, and then I set off her favorite gun in the ma magazine pouch, just as she always had it. We cleaned up the glass and made sure the, the attic was locked. Then we picked up her phone and dialed 911. No one will be coming anytime soon. We'll have to hope that the call will be logged somewhere and it will happen. I made sure we grabbed Rosie's box of stuff before we left. Rosie has spent most of her life battling the nightmare that plagues our town. I didn't want all her efforts to disappear. We inherited now. After all, it had been Christmas morning, but it was so early that everyone but us was still asleep. After the battle we had just had, it was amazingly peaceful to just walk down the street knowing we had a whole place to ourselves. Of course, the first place we went, to, we went was to see the tree in the town square. I couldn't help but feel nervous walking up. We hadn't directly seen it, but I was pretty sure the spider had come from the tree. So when we walked up and saw the form formerly green tree had turned brown, we were elevated. The tree looked like the crappy tree people threw out at the end of the season. Ornaments had started to fall off. Even as we stood there, there was a brabbles hit the ground and broke. We also noticed we couldn't hear Max music mix playing anymore and had made our way back to my house. The way things I'm thankful for is that it's snow incredibly heavy. We always have snow on Christmas, but the weather this year was crazy. With how overboard we went on the gasoline, we were lucky that the weather was so bad the massive fire at the Smith house didn't spread. Instead, it was one big slack-smoking, smothering mess when we returned. We cleaned up the cab, cables still connected to my house, shoved Max's leftover equipment into his truck, and then said goodbye. Max took Greg and Elle home, and I went upstairs to sleep. This year, I woke up on Christmas happily. When I looked outside of Smith House, I felt relieved. I played the What Did Santa Bring Us game with my sister and watched her dive into her present while our, president, while our parents stood at the window, frozen, staring outside the mess across the street. It didn't take long for the gossip train to run, and as we were dating, eating this year, slightly burnt feast of cinnamon, cinnamon buns and egg benedict, my mother sat there in shock listening to one of her friends talk about the trees going the tree going brown. I heard my parents talking about it in hushed whispers, and for once the local police actually came to visit a house across the street. It had been a few days since Christmas Eve. I slept a lot, trying to use up what winter vacation had left to catch up on a year's of bad sleep. I made notes of my own in Rosie's notebook, organized the box and wrote out everything you saw here. Elle checked on Rosie's place and said a neighbor to her that the paramedic came and broke down the door. We expected to see her kids coming into town any day now. As for the town itself, things are strange. People panicked when they saw the tree went brown. I mean, full scale, weeping in public panic. The mayor's office tried to declare a state of emergency, but when pushed for any, for why, they had to roll it back. Yesterday, my mother received a call canceling this year's New Year's Eve party flower order. Budget cuts. Honestly, I wish I could say that I felt this is the end. But Greg made a really good point when we talked. When we talked after Christmas, there's still one tree standing back of Riley's tree farm. I think we're going to have to find a way to destroy it. I just don't know when or how. Plus, I'm certain we pissed off something, something, or someone. On the other side of the circle is going hungry this year. For though now, I'm just going to stay home and sleep. I don't think I can deal with this crazy spiders this year.
Hmm. <laughs> the top comment. No one understands how generally distraught I am that we have to wait another year for the next part. Morning silence. <laughs> oh that was crazy. I was not, not expecting that. Like, that is generally crazy, y'all. Whew. Anyway, y'all, I think this is the best time to end this show for this evening. It wiped me out. Anyway, y'all, you guys stay blessed. Have a wonderful night. And um, maybe we'll revisit this topic next year if there's a part four. <laughs> um. Yeah, we are open to any suggestions. So I- I'm really going to keep up. And I'm going to keep you guys updated. So I know y'all guys are interested. Anyway, y'all have a wonderful night. Peace out to Passing Time. Out.